Hi, Namaste, What's up, Geeks? This is episode 112 of What's up, Geeks, the podcast for the Desi Geek, where we discuss news from the world of geeks and a lot more. Man, that was a lot of the word geek in a single sentence. Hopefully, we don't have to use that again for the rest of the podcast. I am uh, your host, Vikram Mohan, and joining me once again is Vijay. Hey, Vijay. Uh, hi, everyone. Glad to have you back. Uh, anyway, we, we've got a fun show, a lot of things to talk about. So let's get right to it uh, and get started with broken news. And of course, uh, uh, I can see that we've got a okay, couple of news stories too. One was, uh, I wanted you to have a view on this. Uh, there was this, uh, in, especially when Vinayak uh, uh, was on the podcast, He, uh, I used to call him the Samsung uh, fan club president. And uh, during the Samsung Galaxy Note, uh, Note 20 announcement, there was something that Samsung promised. They said that uh, not just for the Galaxy Note 20, but for, uh, uh, you know, starting from Galaxy S, S10, that was the previous one, right? and all their major premium of, uh, hardware are going to get up to 3 os updates now uh, samsung is is uh, highly criticized with good reason for being one of the worst as far as uh, uh, you know maintaining uh, the software for their hardware you usually get, they are probably the last uh, to upgrade so whenever there's a new version of android out uh, you have folks like oneplus and uh, uh even pretty much all the other people come on board oneplus does a really good job of course pixels get uh, day one releases of the, of any new software updates but samsung especially because they so they highly customized version of uh, uh of uh, android they're usually the last out of the gate so uh, and they've not just that they take a long time to update android it's also because they don't updated quite frequently <laughs> so you you would be you know lucky if you get one or sometimes uh, two uh, major upgrades but now samsung has said that they promise up to 3 os updates so vijay the people are celebrating this but uh, the key word here is up to right i mean they can still uh, go with uh, one upgrade or zero and that will count um, as up to 3 yeah but i think that was something that was raised as a question and uh, samsung later clarified that they will get uh, you know it was more of you know they will they are assuring them of uh, you know three os update yeah uh, so i i did read the clarification the and the clarification again uses the word up to <laughs> so i'm not sure yeah. so, uh, honestly uh, yeah. i'll take it as a pinch of salt do you do you believe samsung when it says that you are going to get three uh, os upgrades um i think they will give it uh, mainly because you know unlike other uh, uh, you know uh, phone makers like you know either google or oneplus or any of the other ones when samsung launches a phone typically it's already one version behind the current uh, you know latest uh, android um, <laughs> and uh, you know just to bring it on parity with the other flagships uh, you will get you will end up with one major os update so after that they you get two more which isn't a big stretch so i mean typically like you know um, i have i have just owned one of the earliest uh, you know galaxy s phones and that came with a 
android that was like uh, about i think two versions behind the current one and then i got both those two versions and uh, and uh, and the third one on top of that so i know that initially they were following that uh, plan but i think after they started introducing way too many models they kind of lost track of this uh, uh, no this issue and now it's good that they are putting it on paper saying that they are going to provide and i think they will largely they will live up to it because uh, right now the baseline has been set by the other uh, you know uh, vendors and they cannot afford to be behind so i think people will get uh, the 3 os updates only thing is you know it's not in real sense 3 os updates because uh, you will usually be you know when you take the phone out of the box it will already be one os version behind and uh, you will just be catching up with the first one that's an excellent point because uh, uh, the new android versions typically come out and th- i would say right about now about during fall they they release the beta in uh, in june during google io and it, it comes out around uh, september and uh, you have galaxy s series launching in january which usually never has the latest os and galaxy note understandably you know which comes before the final version of the new version comes out new android version comes out so uh, even that has uh, you know a year old operating system so you're right i mean it, it, yeah, i i never realized that my wife has a galaxy s9 i, I think that's an android 10 so uh, honestly I, i think i've been a little too harsh so uh, uh, that's a three generation old device so and it's running uh, i i don't hope for it to ever reach android 11 but uh, android 10 is not bad too Anyway, moving on uh, this is a story which probably i want to talk more uh, a lot about so we might uh, discuss this in detail in maybe some other episode but uh, have you been following the story of epic uh, fighting against apple and google yeah yeah it has been a very interesting uh, no topic is summarize this for, for our listeners who have not uh, uh, been reading up on it yeah so apple and google um have been uh, basically they have implemented this 30% what they call it as i mean what the people generally call it as either the apple tax or the google tax but basically it is a 3% sorry 30% commission on any sales that is made through the their respective app stores and uh, this is non negotiable although for some strange reason they do actually negotiate when they really need some particular uh vendor on their platform they do like you know i think the primary netflix, uh, netflix and uh, you know even amazon prime they Or have got a, like office 365 i believe yeah so the, if you if you have enough clout in the industry you actually get to set your terms but otherwise you have to basically pay that 30% tax on whatever sales you have and uh, the crazy thing is you know you are not allowed to sell anything outside of the store as well so you cannot have a website selling uh, stuff outside the store all of that has to be channeled through the store and you have to uh, pay them the 30% cut so epic uh, no decided enough was enough and they basically is, is that just, true both apple and google i mean where uh, does google also restrict uh, you know payments outside of uh, the android ecosystem yes even google does but the thing is uh, the one significant difference between google and apple is that 
Google has the option of uh, sideloading apps, which Apple doesn't. So Google says that you know if you want the Play Store's uh, so-called the security measures and Play Protect and all that, then you pay the 30% cut. But if you don't want that, then you basically let the user turn on the setting that allows them to install apps from other sources, which comes with all its scary warning messages and all. Which I mean, I right. I get that you know, in if for a person who is not aware of what they are doing, they can actually do some damage to their phone. But uh, for people who know what they are doing, that is pretty straightforward thing to do, and they can still get the app into their uh, phone. But Apple customers have no such option, so you a you know you have to go through the app store and pay them thirty percent. And in yeah. unrelated news. I think Apple is the first company to touch a two trillion dollar valuation. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I mean over the period of I think last couple of years, their services revenue has been steadily climbing up, and uh, the App Store thirty percent cut forms a big chunk of that. I, I can imagine. I mean, if if you're a small, I mean, there's no way Epic is considered a small business. But uh, if I'm you know running a game, an indie game. And if if it's costing even something like let's say hundred rupees, or I'm charging my users five hundred rupees, giving straight away thirty percent of it, uh, you know, shaved off at the source. It's it's tedious. The Apple tax is deducted at source, right? And I get only seventy percent. That's a huge chunk. But yeah, we'll we'll see how this plays out in in the court. Yeah, uh, this would be interesting. I mean, my thoughts. Uh, I would say my opinion is that I am on the side of Epic, even though I mean Epic is. it's not like epic is doing it for the greater good or anything they are just looking out for themselves but i think in there in in that as part of that actually it will you know give some benefit to you know the rest of the smaller vendors and smaller app makers and also the finally the customer themselves so i think it's good that epic brought this up uh, and i hope it results in either apple and google Now cutting down the thirty percent to a something much more uh, you know acceptable, right. or you know at least Apple providing an option to side load apps, which I think they will fight with all. You know, or enable competition. I mean, uh, allow other app stores. Yeah, other app store vendors. I mean, that probably is something that uh, never uh, happen. You know that uh, is very dangerous for them because I I would I think they would rather you know. provide a side loading option then give up control of uh, the app store thing uh, so let's hope i mean they will be hoping that it doesn't come to that uh, i think ha- allowing other app stores would be the, i think the least preferred option for both apple and google and speaking of apple and google uh, they are uh, our next two stories are about them this is now i mean going to the point beyond ridiculous we've uh, talked about it enough so i'm not going to get into a gripe story but google is going to replace duo with google meet so there's another google messaging video story where they're replacing one app with another i'm not going to say anything about it do you, do you have anything to say about this no and i think at this point it is more of a rumor mill which of course i mean given uh, his no no google it's beyond a rumor started. because uh, google has said that uh, duo they, they plan to replace it uh, sunsetted in 2 years so it is it is a long uh, timeline but uh, they confirmed that it will happen in 2 years okay 
yeah and i think i mean from a user point of view yeah it is confusing but uh, you i think based on what i understand is that you know largely and the inside the the you know back end plumbing for all these services is pretty much the same it's all the blue google cloud so it's more of a rebranding than a actual app replacement i would love to talk to the guy in uh, or guy or the lady in charge of branding at google but moving on to the other giant apple uh, wall street journal has reported that uh, apple is set to launch an uh, all access subscription so the way this would work is uh, you know you have various tiers and uh, i think the basic tier they have something where you, you pay a certain amount of money and you get apple music and apple tv plus i have been, i have feeling they're doing this because apple tv plus is not really taking off in any significant way so they're trying to bundle apple tv plus with everything so in the basic tier you have apple music plus apple tv plus the next one includes the apple arcade where which is the uh, you know uh, where you can get uh, games um, uh, you know from the app store i think it cost 99 rupees here in india and 5 dollars in the us so next tier is that and the final tier would also include icloud storage and uh, apple news plus which has magazines uh probably this would be announced along with the iphone 12 anything that excites you here but your yeah being a mostly or a bit pretty much 90% uh, no android household for me it's not a big uh, exciting thing um But Google has something it. like this as well. I mean, I mean, uh, they don't bundle it together. But I'm talking specifically about uh, the arcade part, where I think Google Play All Access or something like that. Is that something that you use? Uh, no, I don't use. And I think Google's uh, thing, bundling thing, has been again. It's not very clearly communicated. Uh, you have lots of uh, different things going on in parallel. and you don't know what's really included in what because i i remember that you know i had um signed up for about a year or so ago i had found up uh, signed up for youtube tv but um, you know even though officially they said that youtube tv does not include anything else free but it it seemed to automatically turn on youtube premium as well as uh, youtube music at that point of time Uh, so so there are things that you know they don't outright tell that these are bundled but when you actually sign up you find some things are included and there is no like uh, clear uh, documentation on any of those so i i really don't i mean i have that google one which basically just the storage thing um, but other than that i don't subscribe for any of the other google services yeah i, I subscribe similar to you i think i have google one and that is like the extra storage and uh, youtube premium no uh, and which includes youtube music as well anyway uh, moving on uh, do you want to take the last story about xiaomi yeah so xiaomi looks like they have been steadily working to refine their technology i mean this is something that uh, i am surprised none of the major guys have ever come out with any prototypes or anything it has just been xiaomi to my knowledge and i think uh, one of the other uh, chinese vendors as well i i am i think vivo or somebody who had demonstrated a under screen camera a couple of uh, i think about a year or so ago and looks like xiaomi has been steadily uh, refining that design and now they are 
they are ready with their third generation which seems like it's ready for prime time and likely to be introduced on their uh, next year phone models like 2021 models uh, so we will finally be done with these notches or pop up cameras and other hole weird punches. Uh, hole punches and stuff so hopefully you know next year uh, everything is a lot more cleaner in design let's see how it goes but it looks promising that you know um jamis uh, camera is like almost invisible you can only when you like shine a bright light on that part of the screen you can make out a shadow of the uh, camera lens behind the screen and hopefully the performance of the screen uh, of the camera itself is not uh, no uh, too much affected by the screen in front and i'm sure they must have taken care of that oh that, that's exciting uh i can't wait for apple to invent this in maybe iphone 15 or 16 uh so that that's broken news for today let's take a quick ad break and we'll be right back with our feature story welcome back and uh, today's feature story is something which i'm going to love talking about Uh, it's kind of uh, we have this uh, section called uh, one of our favorite uh, features to f- features which is once upon a tech and that's what we're going to do today but it's a very special once upon a tech b- because it just also happens to be the 25th anniversary of an operating system that changed computing am i uh, is that hyperbole vijay when i say that windows 95 which released 25 years ago changed computing uh no i don't think so i mean i think it was pretty uh, i mean i think that was a pretty good uh, description uh, because i think lot of it still uh, things that it, it introduced are still continuing now in the latest versions of windows so uh, i believe yes it was a, a clean break from the previous versions and it set the foundation for the future windows versions so uh, windows 95 of course it was released on 24th august 1995 and uh, before that the the version of windows that was we were using uh, was uh, windows 3.1 or some people were using 3.11 and of course we had dos the disk operating system ms dos which were all 16 bit operating systems and uh, uh, i believe from windows uh, i would like to say vista or was it 8 we uh, started uh, uh, 64 bit operating systems but windows 95 claimed to be the first 32 bit OS so uh, tell us a little bit about what was windows like uh, or what was computing like before windows interface came and what were the major changes that it brought about so i think uh, the main difference was that um, before windows 95 the windows uh, all the windows versions were 16 bit which of course for a, a regular computer user does not really make much of a difference it was more of internally how things were but it actually enabled you to do more uh, you know to enable more storage to be added to your uh, you know pc to enable your pc to use more ram so earlier you know because it was 16 bit you are uh, basically restricted to like uh, i think uh, um 8 mb was it uh, no not not even 8 mb i think it yeah 4 mb i think was a limit uh, that that um earlier it could access and i think even the storage you could not have too many uh, too big uh, hard drives and all that 
I so, remember we used to partition our hard drives so that uh, you you could uh, get over the yeah. drive. Yeah, and the other thing was, you know, the way the file files were stored, you could not basically support long file names, and that was something that was changed with uh, Windows ninety five. Although Windows ninety five thing was like more of a, a hybrid version, it was not really a true long name, a long file name. It was more of something that was uh, added a, a kind of more of a band aid thing that. they put on the regular true, true. absolutely and and uh, uh, of course one big break was that prior to windows 95 windows 3.1 and 3.11 and all the older versions they ran on top of dos so your system would boot up it would you would have this uh, you know black uh, prompt the command prompt and you would have to type win uh, of course you can automate that but it it was essentially some uh, ui layer which is running on top of dos Uh, Windows Correct. 95, yeah. of course, uh, I, I, you you can counter and say, yeah, it was still the same, but at least uh, by default, what you got on most PCs was on on all PCs was that you you had the UI straight away. Correct. Yeah, uh, Windows. Uh, I mean, before Windows, you uh, you even had that uh, thing called the DOS shell, which was a, a text mode UI for DOS. and it provided something similar to Most your those uh, uh kind of windows explorer um but uh, within dos and i think windows started off like that it was a basically a, yeah like you said you know ui layer that is running on top of uh, dos and you uh, it didn't do much basically other than just you know providing some file management functionality and uh, acting as a launch pad for some apps for solitaire uh, <laughs> yeah uh and majority of the apps at that time were still designed for dos rather than windows and i think with windows 95 it was a more of a it became more a serious operating system where it directly booted into the ui although again right. with behind the scenes it was still actually a kind of running on dos dos 7 so uh, some of the things that windows 95 brought in uh, i made a was on memory i kind of listed these the start menu and the task bar which even in windows uh, 10 it's still around and uh, and we all know when microsoft tried to remove the start menu and start uh, the, the start button in windows 8 was it all hell broke uh, broke loose so the the famous start button and the start menu made its uh, debut with windows 95 along with the task bar recycle bin we didn't have that before that right and uh, the recycle bin yeah. came up in windows uh, 95 explorer was not there it was uh, i think previously it was called file manager if i if i remember uh, you could you could copy paste files uh, so you had to go to the command prompt and do it or drag and drop but you can't just you know write how you copy paste text you couldn't copy paste files uh, uh, and of course folders as we call them they were called directory so it's it's more of a uh, it's more of a name change but the folder concept uh, came up we didn't have a desktop in windows 3.3.1 right i mean you you had a desktop but you couldn't do anything on it correct yeah i mean it was more of a just uh, i mean i would say desktop was nothing but just a wallpaper that's all nothing your else. wallpaper yeah you're right i mean absolutely uh, apart from the wallpaper there is nothing else you couldn't even interact with the desktop uh, windows 95 also brought about the right mouse button support you could right click any object and uh, it will tell you what you could do with it the ways you could interact with it uh, network neighborhood debuted though i i believe most of us didn't use it because 
network was uh, almost a unknown concept for 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 most of the people did you ever get a chance to use networking in windows 95 uh no unfortunately like yeah i mean the only time you, you i got access to networks was when i was in office and that in office we uh, we were still for a long novel network using novel network yeah <laughs> okay that's the name that yeah i still remember then uh, uh, windows 95 had cd rom support believe it or not it was very tough to get your cd rom uh, your, your cd uh, drive uh, working in windows 3.1 and uh, it brought about this uh, new technology or whatever i can call it called plug and play where you put in an accessory and it will work i mean today with usb you, you just take it for granted i i put in my printer and windows more often than not will recognize it you put in a drive that uh, usb drive or you put a plug in anything in the usb it works but uh, it wasn't that way right i mean uh, you remember irq and what not correct yeah it was a very painful process to get any peripherals working in dos and windows was li- windows 3.1 and all was slightly better but not by much um so i mean because it was just a shell running on dos you first had to get the thing running in dos and then only it would show up in windows so uh, windows 95 i think uh, made that part of the process slightly better and of course uh, uh, like you brought up earlier windows 95 was the first uh, first time we actually could use long file names otherwise dos restricted us to 8.3 eight characters and uh, three for extension so even uh, now of course we've not gone too uh, too far from the extension concept even now i think uh, 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 i think what doc x uh, so we have at the most usually four or five characters uh, extension but uh, uh, three was 8.3 was the max you could use and until windows 95 came along right and even windows 95 i think it was still uh, i think the dot 3 did not change it was just that you could have longer uh, than eight characters in the first part of the file name uh, which would uh, immediately get broken when you copied that file into a floppy or something <laughs> right and it, it did maintain two copies you had a in, uh, you know uh, you had a file uh, a, a database which it stored uh, where it had a 8.3 file name and the full version of the I mean the long file name Yeah. So now and, and then the OS would get corrupted, and I remember that quite often we used to lose the long file names, and it all revert yeah. to the weird encrypted eight dot three names. Yeah, you you used to have like a tilde one and tilde two and all right. that end of the file names. And uh, yeah, Windows touted to be the first true multitasking PC OS. Uh, uh, I'll again take that with a pinch of salt, but definitely way better than Windows three point one. But uh of course uh, all this was great people loved windows 95 i, I remember it, it, finding it f- so futuristic because the, the ui was completely uh, you know 180 degree change but i do remember all the outrage for the within quotes outrageous system requirements it had you want to talk about that yeah i know um uh, it was like basically they recommended 4 mb of ram to get reasonable performance and you know if you wanted better you no know, fast performance then you would be better off with 8 mb and, and that was like do, do you want to clarify you you meant mb megabytes not gb 
yeah yeah at that time i mean gv was something that uh, you know people thought probably existed only in data centers and stuff um the concept of gv and mb was pretty much the max you could see in any typical home or office setting um and yeah the windows 3.1 used to run just fine on 1 mb of ram and i mean you you would be better off with a little bit more than that but 1 mb of ram was more than sufficient for you know windows 3.1 but for uh windows 95 they said that you they suggested having at least uh, 4 mb of ram and that was like a huge uh you know increase and it was pretty expensive as well i mean uh, not everybody could afford to just upgrade their ram uh you know in those days so yeah i i i see i can see the point of why people were disappointed with that but um yeah it still seems so tiny compared to the kind of thing that we use right now and what even low end phones having 2 gb or 3 gb even thinking about something an os requiring just 4 mb of ram it's it's yeah, yeah. mind blowing the other just, thing i remember was that you know um i think with windows 95 um you could no longer just turn off your pc you had to basically make sure shut you down. shut down the pc before turning off and until at that point like even in windows 3.1 if you are you just felt like i mean uh, you just wanted to turn off the pc you could just turn the pc off and because everything was saved instantaneously the when moment when you hit control s or hit the save button things used to get saved right that time so after that if you just turn off the pc you don't lose any data but with windows 95 you know basically there are a lot of caching going on so the io was basically still right. in a lot of things would still be in memory and not really saved to the hard drive and if you didn't actually shut down the pc you could end up losing some data sometimes so that was I, one thing that i totally forgot it yeah the concept of shutting down actually came up with windows 95 because like you said before that you just switched off your pc when you were done yeah and for india i think in india that was a big deal because uh, you know with the erratic power supply oh, um you know we didn't have to uh, with windows 3.1 we didn't have to worry about losing data if there was a sudden power cut but with windows 95 everybody had to on top of having to upgrade their ram also get a ups, UPS. for the it's all coming back you're, you're right and that, that was one of the this power cuts used to be one of the prime reasons why uh, you would lose your long file names and it'll yeah. uh, you know mess up all your files so it's going through the list of features here almost most of them are still there uh, 25 years later i mean the start menu uh, uh, it still exists of course it looks uh, wildly different right now taskbar pretty much looks the same i mean i mean in terms conceptually forget the design of it the recycle yeah. bin looks and works the same doesn't look the same way but works the same way explorer again kind of retains it you still copy paste files we still have folders uh, the desktop and uh, uh, right the right mouse uh, the the right mouse button or the right mouse menu kind of works the same way if let's say you you get somebody from 1995 if the 1995 vijay was suddenly brought over here skipping windows uh, what was next windows 98 windows 2000 windows uh, vista was next i believe 
Vista. Oh, XP. 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 Oh, how can I even forget XP? XP Vista seven. Uh, no, sorry, XP Vista seven, eight, eight dot one. You skip all of those generations of uh, Windows and uh, somebody who's been using Windows nine five put them in front of a Windows ten. desktop do you think they'll be completely lost or they, they would kind of uh, be able to find their way around i think at least from you know being able to launch programs and stuff i think they would be quite at home um, it might be a different thing once they try to fiddle around with settings because uh, right <laughs> for for a weird reason it has actually become more complicated now than in windows 95 isn't it isn't it yeah <laughs> so true uh, but uh, microsoft often gets panned for its bad ui design they are known to be very bad ui designers but for having conceived of a ui which has lasted for essentially in, you know in, with its basics for 25 years i i think uh, you know i tip my hat to them it's certainly yeah. it, it's aged uh, really well and if you go back to windows 95 i think you will not find it that archaic i uh, i'm guessing i i'm going to take a look at windows 95 and see how how well but i i don't think it because i remember how it looks when windows 3.1 kind of looks dated but windows 95 i don't think it looks very dated no i think it's pretty uh, yeah i mean i think the it works in both ways actually uh, transplant a person from today into 95 and ask them to use a windows 95 pc yes i mean the performance wise they will definitely see a difference right away because of the Uh, speed and all that now that you have ssds and higher lam and all that so i'm sure performance of the pc would not be up to the mark at that time but uh, being able to handle that os they would feel quite at home i mean i think it in fact they might even like some of the simplicity of the 95 windows 95 quick question would you be able to install windows 95 on a modern pc i don't think so right i mean no i don't hard drive so. itself it would not recognize because it's too big Yeah, I think you can probably get a virtual machine set up with that, but not a actual PC with Windows. Okay, ma'am. I'll, I'll see if there's some online resource. So yeah, I think there are some uh, some sites where they have Windows 95 running in JavaScript within the browser. Uh, I remember using trying it out about a few years ago. Okay. i'm going to give give that a try and if we find the link of course we'll include it in the show notes too so uh, before we go we don't have a geek versus geek but uh, uh, i just wanted to leave you with one app recommendations it's it's a browser and something that we are all familiar with but a uh, couple of weeks back i made the decision to move from uh, to try migrating from uh, chrome to microsoft's uh, chromium based edge and uh, so far it's going really well though although now that i just think about it I think out of force of habit right now I have Chrome open on my desktop. I don't have uh, uh, <laughs> I don't have I forgot to open it in uh, Edge. But I have been using Edge extensively for the last 2 weeks and I have to say it's so it's so nice to uh, have a Chrome kind of a browser a Chrome based browser which is fast and which doesn't uh, take up so much RAM and you know take up so much resources. It's much lighter. and i have some some of the features which microsoft has, has added like collections i think it works fabulously the only change i did was uh, uh, <laughs> i changed the default search engine to google instead of bing i did try bing for a couple of days but just didn't uh, do it for me 
so uh, and i was also very surprised to know that uh, microsoft uh, uh, the the new edge is available pretty much on any platform it's available on windows 7 uh, 8 8.1 windows 10 mac os ios and android so i'm running it currently on uh, windows 10 i'm running it on ios uh, i'm running it on android it syncs up beautifully across everywhere as long as you use a microsoft account across everything and couple of places where microsoft really shines like i said one was the collections and uh, the tab management is better also uh, something where they, they realize that they are kind of behind so uh, you can install extensions from the chrome app store from the chrome store so it directly gives you a link right there it says okay do you want to uh, uh, you know support chrome uh, the chrome <laughs> web, web store and it adds right there so uh, give the microsoft uh, edge a try it's chrome done much better so i would highly recommend it did you, did yeah. you try out the new edge yeah definitely i mean i have been using new edge for i think as soon as they made it available the general availability uh, you still had to download it yourself it was not pushed to all the pcs initially yes. and i had actually gone and i installed it myself um, and yeah i agree with all whatever you said i think it's a very very viable alternative to people who are tired of uh, the bloatware that chrome slowly turned into um, so i think it's a refreshing change I, I never thought it would ever come to this you know thing where you would actually prefer a microsoft uh, thing for avoiding bloatware <laughs> um, but yeah i mean uh, strange things have happened so uh, yeah it just uh, definitely the new edge is like one of the best browsers out there and uh, even i plan to slowly start migrating over to that as far as possible and so that i can reduce my dependence on chrome as much uh, if i can at least on a work laptop i've observed that uh, it's also improved the battery life it lasts a good uh, half an hour extra if, if i'm yeah i don't do too much of uh, work on battery i tend to my laptop you know tends to be same plugged here, in most here. of the time uh, so i haven't really been paying i'm being paying attention to the battery life but performance wise yes i can see a significant improvement compared to chrome all the uh, work that i do on the browser seems much you know uh, much faster when i use uh, the new edge rather than chrome so there you go you've got a joint uh, app recommendation that's the new microsoft edge uh, you can google for it and or you can bing for it and you'll you'll find it and like i said it's available from for pretty much all the modern windows starting from windows 7 and mac os ios and android it's not available on my chromebook i wonder why but uh, yeah that's pretty much it that's our show for today thank you so much for listening and uh, until next time take care